0: Kent Online News.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett.
0: This is the Kent Online Podcast on Wednesday, September the 23rd, exactly six months since the Prime Minister said this.
2: From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction you must stay at home
0: that was the start of lockdown as coronavirus took hold tens of thousands of people have lost their lives after testing positive for COVID-19 here in Kent more than a thousand people have died and there have been around 10,000 reported cases but as numbers of fatalities started to reduce lockdown restrictions were eased we were allowed to form bubbles then go out and exercise more return to the office and of course eat out to help out but we're now on the eve of tough new restrictions coming in. There'll be a curfew for pubs, bars and restaurants. Working from home is back, and those caught breaking social distancing rules will face tougher fines. So how did we end up at this point, and how might it all pan out? Professor Richard Scase is from the University of Kent.
2: I think it's very much a sense of déjà vu, uh, and it reflects very much, I think, um, uh, not just panic, but increased anxiety, not just in the UK, but across the whole of Europe. Um, we thought we were getting the thing out of the way by, I suppose, what, June, July. But it seems to have come back now with a vengeance. And that, I think, is because of the behaviour of young people and the extent to which people have become frustrated uh, by um, the rules and the regulations and the procedures. And they've now become very cynical and they're less likely to adhere to the rules and regulations um, as they were doing at the beginning of this pandemic uh, in March and April. I think, compared with some other countries, we eased up too early. And I think, you know, this was a result of the government being very concerned about the economy, being very concerned about the future of the hospitality sector. And I think throughout the whole of these six months, what the government has had to do is to try and balance the demands of the economy uh, with the demands of the health of the population. And I think um, at the very beginning, the health of the nation had total priority, quite correctly so, quite rightly so. Um, But by the time we got into June, there was a feeling that the incidence of, of, of this disease was declining and therefore it was time to give much more attention to the economy. So therefore, we could ease up on the restrictions on reflection and looking back, that was probably premature. It was probably too early if these measures are in place for the next six months, it'll be absolutely devastating for the hospitality sector. The hospitality sector is very dependent upon the Christmas season to generate its revenue. Um, Very high percentage of its revenue, the hospitality sector, is acquired December through to the beginning of January. Um, If these restrictions are in place in terms of social distancing, And in terms of curfews at 10 o'clock at night, it really will devastate the hospitality sector here in Kent. Uh, And there will be, I think, a lot of job losses. There will be a lot of closures uh, because of that.
0: From Monday, there'll also be changes again for the wedding industry with only 15 guests allowed at ceremonies. That's down from the 30 that have been permitted in recent weeks. Blessing Enakimio is an event consultant in Ashford. She's not happy.
1: Cutting numbers down to just 15 people, I I don't know what to say about that. It was hard enough having 30 people. Who do you invite? Who do you not invite? Weddings are usually, you know, 90, 120 people. To cut it down to 30 people was really tough. And only a few weddings were taking place, not many at all. But to bring it down to 15 people now, I I don't see what the point is. Because who do you invite? Is it just your blood relatives? Because it couldn't be... Close family or friends. I don't think that couples would be interested in carrying on with just fifteen people. Again, think about all the money that people have to spend to get married. You know, the venues and all of that. The, the whole ceremony that comes as a result of a couple getting hitched is is lost. Um, so essentially, people can just go to the registry and get registered as as. as Married, I don't see having 15 people as as a wedding ceremony. It's it's just, it's, it's ridiculously small. The impacts that this would have on our sector is going to be unbelievable, to be honest, because it means you don't require flowers. It means you don't need a wedding cake. It means you don't need a DJ. It means you, you know, many essential services within the wedding industries are no longer going to be, Used if we're having a 15-people wedding. So the impact on all these businesses, most of them are going to be affected because they are run by people who are running small businesses. And I, I think the impact is going to be huge. I don't know how I feel about the announcement. I I honestly don't know. I'm just numb to it now. I'm numb. Um, I have nothing to say. If schools are still open, pubs are still open, people can still gather in in their numbers in restaurants and strangers can come together in the same space and dine and eat, I do not understand why a family or friends cannot come together and celebrate their loved ones getting married. I, I don't understand it. Those changes won't apply
0: to funerals. Meantime, in the Commons, the former sports minister and Chatham MP has raised concerns about plans to allow fans back into venues next month being put on hold. Tracy Crouch says clubs need the income and she's questioned the Prime Minister.
1: Sport and all it directly and indirectly involves cannot continue to face these kind of losses. So given today's announcement, which pauses the return of spectators, will the Prime Minister elaborate on his comments regarding a financial support package to ensure that it isn't left decimated after the pandemic.
0: Boris Johnson says the government is working flat out to find ways to offer more support and Dartford's Gareth Johnson wants the PM to give pharmacies more power to ease the burden on the NHS. He says increasing the range of services they're able to offer could free up time elsewhere. Kent Online News. Elsewhere today, police have been called to a military barracks near Folkestone after a group gathered outside and seemed to confront the asylum seekers living there. A drone was apparently flown over Napier Barracks in Sangate, where the first of up to 400 refugees arrived on Monday. The site's being used as housing after a rise in the number of people making the dangerous journey across the channel to Kent. It's been confirmed two men who died in a crash in Norfleet were both from Gravesend. The 21 and 36-year-olds were in a car that collided with a taxi on the A226 in the early hours of Thursday. A woman in the cab was seriously injured. She remains in a stable condition in hospital. Two men have been arrested after someone apparently tried to abduct a child outside a Kent school. Police are still trying to work out exactly what happened at Sandown Primary last Monday. One man's been released without charge, the other is on bail. Now, plans to restore an historic theatre and tea room in Folkestone and create luxury homes have been given the go-ahead. Almost 100 flats are going to be built on land around the Grade 2 listed Lee's Pavilion, which is also being returned to its former glory, It's 10 years since a massive wind farm was officially opened off the Kent coast. The Thanet Wind Farm is one of the largest in the world, with 100 turbines located 12 kilometres off Fornest Point. The turbines are up to 115 metres tall and help contribute to the government's renewable energy targets. You can watch our report on the people who maintain the site at Kent Online. And a first-time author from Canterbury has secured a world-record book deal – and movie contract. Children's writer Annabel Steadman has agreed a seven figure deal with a major publisher for a tr- trilogy of books for the series called Scander and the Unicorn Thief. Sony Pictures has also acquired the feature film rights to the 28 year old's fantasy series about deadly unicorns.
1: Kent Online Sports.
0: Football and the games continue to come thick and fast for Gillingham as they travel for their next match in the Carabao Cup. They're taking on Stoke City tonight after beating Coventry City on penalties in the last round. Or To chat through the game is our Jules reporter Luke Cordell. And Luke, another long trip for the side tonight then.
3: Returning to Kent in the early hours of Thursday morning certainly isn't the best of preparations for Gillingham's game against Blackpool in the league on Saturday. So this game hasn't exactly come at the right time for the club. Uh, The Wednesday match at Stoke is a chance for Gillingham to progress to round four. It's a competition that the manager has said he's not particularly interested in, but they've done well so far. They've um, progressed past Southend United and Coventry City in the first two rounds. They've had a chance to play some different players, look at different things. And in some ways, it's been quite a good thing for the club in the fact that they've had extra games to prepare for those league games because they had such a short pre-season because of covid and the restrictions placed upon the club and the, the lack of time really that they've had to practice before the season begun so in some ways it's it's good that they've had these cup games but in other ways it's not so good when you've got so many midweek matches and if they win this one they're back in action again next Tuesday or Wednesday and it's against either Bristol City or Aston Villa away again so it will be another trip for the Jills, who have only just returned back from Wigan on Saturday having beaten them in League One
0: So as you said, the manager's not a huge fan of this particular competition. Why is that?
3: It's because he's putting everything into the League One campaign at the minute. He's only got about 19, 20 senior professionals at the club, so he hasn't got a lot of players to move around. He's had a couple of bad injuries to his players with Stuart O'Keefe out for the season. His newly appointed captain, Carl Dempsey, also out for six weeks minimum. So the numbers are short, but he's managed to bring in Dominic Samuel the striker that a lot of Gillingham fans will know about from his time at the club previously on loan where he scored seven league goals in 24 starts I believe so he had a decent decent goal scoring record he was uh, quite a classy player as well so I think Gillingham fans will be looking forward to seeing him again and he could be involved on Wednesday night.
0: The gaffer will still want to win though won't he?
3: Steve Evans will be looking for a result whatever he might not think too much of the competition, but he said on Saturday that he'll be on the touchline at Stoke come seven o'clock when the game kicks off and he'll be ranting and raving just like normal and he'll be desperate to get a win. Certainly Steve Evans doesn't take a team into a match and not want a win. He'll be, he'll be desperate for the win really, but um, all eyes are really on Saturday and, and the league game at Blackpool. He doesn't want any more injuries like he had in the last midweek game in the cup against Coventry.
0: Thanks very much, Luke. Kick off tonight's At 7. Follow Kent Online Jills on Twitter for updates on all the action. And finally, today in cricket, Harry Podmore has signed a contract extension with Kent, which will keep him at the club until at least the end of the 2023 season. Since joining at the start of the 2018 campaign, he's played in 33 first-class matches and taken 118 wickets. He says he's over the moon to be staying at the club. That's it for today, but don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News news app to access all km group newspapers to do that head along to iliffmediasubs.co.uk news you can trust this is the kent online podcast